you're listening to the Fearless Business Podcast. You're in the best place to learn about how to grow a business, get more clients, and make more money without fears and limitations, all while having fun in the process. Robin Waite is the founder of Fearless Business, a business accelerator helping coaches, consultants, and freelancers double their income and more. Now here's your host, Robin Waite. Welcome back, everybody. It's the next episode of the Fearless Business Podcast. I'm your host, Robin Waite, the Fearless Business Coach, and I've got a very esteemed guest with me today. Uh, well, probably is, it's a bit unfair to say veteran, isn't it, Gary? Veteran businessman <laughs> of 45 plus years. I mean, I suppose in business terms, that is that is that does put you into veteran status. Um, we're going to be discussing lots of very interesting stuff today around uh, purpose-driven achievement, which is Gary's, uh, well, the self-titled book. Um, we're going to be talking Talking about profitability, we're going to be talking about productivity, cost reduction, team building, uh, improving business performance, and all sorts of fun stuff like that. Gary, welcome to the podcast. Oh, it's a pleasure to be with you, Robin. I'm really looking forward to our discussion today. Awesome. I want to dive straight in if it's okay. And I actually want to, um, I love the title of your latest book, actually, Purpose Driven Achievement, because I think we live in a world where it's super easy to get a business online. Um, and sort of, you know, we see all of the the Instagrammers out there and their, their highlight reels on Facebook and all of these people seemingly doing really well. But it strikes me that the title of the book around purpose driven achievement is much goes, you know, goes like seven layers deep. So where did the title come from? And what does it mean? Uh, for me, it was really birthed out of the coaching work that I do and so much of the time realizing that people uh, are doing what they're doing. Like you say, it's very easy to get out there and start a business and things like that, but, but people are not fulfilled. They're not happy with what they're doing and they don't feel they're getting real value out of life. And I think that stems from when you start talking with them, they know what they do. Many of them know how they do it, but when you start digging deeper, like you say, when you start peeling the layers of that onion back and, and saying, well, why? What's the real reason? You know, what are the foundational things that are driving you to do this? You get a lot of sort of deer in the headlights types of looks, and it's like, well, I, I never really took the time to think about it. And I think that so much of the time, we live in a very, very fast-paced society, especially driven by the internet and online uh, activity and things like that. And so we really don't take the time to slow down and ask ourselves fundamental questions like, what do I want my life to be all about? What are the foundation, uh, foundational issues related to who I am and what I do? And ultimately, what kind of a legacy do I want to leave when I'm gone? How, how do you start to kind of peel the layers back? So when you're kind of met with somebody who has the rabbit in the headlights and doesn't really know how to answer that question, where's a good place to start? Uh, you know, there's a, a number of different ways that we can approach it, Robin, but a lot of times it's just uh, it's just playing games with people and saying, you know, hey, let's uh, let's imagine that you passed away today and you somehow could come back and be a fly on the wall at your funeral. What would you want people to say about you? What would you expect that people would say about you today versus the things that you'd really like them to say? Uh, what kind of testimonials would you hear? Uh, what kind of impact would you have had on people's lives? And what is it that you really want to have? And when you get people thinking about those kinds of things, they realize that there's a whole lot more to life. Um, another example I use is taking people to the end of their lives and imagining that you're 90 or 95 years old, you're terminally ill, your doctor has just told you that 
that you've got less than 24 hours to live. As you look back across your life, what are the things that you're that you're most proud of that you've accomplished? What are the things that you've done in your life that you're absolutely ashamed of? Uh, and, and look at those types of things to be able to find the threads of who you are uh, as a person so that now in our younger years, and we can begin to take those threads and weave them into the tapestry of a really meaningful, purposeful, intentional life. Do you find, because you, you work with all sorts of different organizations and people at different stages in their careers and lives as well, um, you know, across broad, you know, quite a broad spectrum. Do you find that the businesses or business owners that have managed to um, succeed and get further along than sort of the average business owner, do you find that they're able to, um, not only construct what that that sort of vision, mission, values, and how they want to be remembered, but do you think they're also excellent at sort of communicating that to their team, so that their team can also be a part of that journey? Absolutely, and I think I think you've hit on something very vital there, Robin. It's not only that they're good communicators to their team of the vision that they have for the organization, but they're very intentional about who they bring onto the team. So almost the interviewing process and the in the process of, of recruiting team members involves sharing that mission with them and making sure that that mission and that vision and those core values resonate with them. And when you get that resonance, then you get people who are going to not only get behind the vision, but they're going to be fully committed to it. I, I think it comes through as well, not just with your, your team, but also um, customers and clients as well. And I always say this to my clients, you know, you have to almost sacrifice a few lambs in the journey of growth in order to be able to help more people and have a much greater impact further down the line. And, you know, one of the things which a lot of you know, small business owners, especially when they're first starting out, you know, they want they want to be able to give back, which is a natural human kind of instinct to want to be able to help, you know, more people and as quickly as we possibly can. But I always say to them, like, when you're first starting out, if you're only earning, you know, 10 or $20,000 a year at the moment, and obviously you want to earn much more, you don't really have a great deal amount of sort of resources to be able to give that much back. And so if you just knuckle down and actually focus on making profit, you know, in the first couple of years, and then you could grow to six figures or seven figures or even beyond. You then got a much greater sort of pot to be able to create a much bigger impact. And I think it's the same as well for when you're sort of hiring people. You know, again, best one in the world is human beings. We kind of want to surround ourselves with people and help them, help them grow. But occasionally you might meet somebody who's really nice, but they're just not a good fit for the business. And actually you've got to sacrifice, you've got to let them go. Yes. Yes, and, and it's interesting. One of the organizations I've had the opportunity to associate with over the years is uh, is a company. They're actually a real estate management company, and they manage several uh, different uh, facilities. Uh, you know, basically apartment buildings, you know, high rise buildings, that sort of thing. And it's interesting because the service model that they have in each one of those businesses is identical. And I was talking to one of the property managers one day and I said, talk to me about that. Why is it that you guys are so good at what you do? And, you know, the properties are maintained well, you know, the concierge service is just amazing. What's your secret? And she said, it comes from our CEO because our CEO told us in the recruiting process, what do we do? We hire a resume, but when we fire someone, we fire a personality. 
And so, you know, he said he's looking at it and saying, hey, we're, we are not a property management company because we manage all of these high rise apartment buildings. We're really in the hospitality business. So what we're looking for is people who love serving other people. So hire the personality. We can teach them the skills that they need to know to do their jobs, but hire the personality, not the resume. And when we begin to think of things in terms of that, it makes it much easier to recruit the people we're really looking for. 100%. 100%. And you, you can always kind of teach skills, can't you? But you can't change somebody's personality necessarily. So like hire, hiring on family fit, I think is one of the most important things, you know, for me personally in a business. Absolutely. We're obviously going to hear about your story in a second as well. Um, but um, what sort of clients do you typically tend to work with? It's, again, it sounds like it's quite varied. Uh, I, I do a combination of consulting and coaching uh, and uh, the consulting side, uh, you know, the businesses are varied. I work with manufacturing companies. I work with legal firms. In fact, about uh, on the consulting side of the business, about 70% of my business is actually working with attorneys because I find they're very, very good at their core jobs of whatever legal services they provide. But when it comes to actually running and growing a business, they have no idea what they're doing. Uh, so it's really you know, neat to be able to work with them because obviously they're extremely intelligent people. So when they get the ideas, you know, willing to jump action on it. So that makes my, you know, much, much of my job easier. But I also do a lot of one-on-one -on -one coaching uh, with individuals. You know, uh, some of them are business owners and some of them are just regular moms and dads who are just looking to create more harmony and balance and, and fulfillment in their lives. I, I know we shouldn't have favorite clients, so I'm not going to ask you to, <laughs> to list those, but, but you must, there must have been a reason why, you know, you chose to work with those businesses in the first place, because you obviously get a great deal of, you know, we've spoke, spoken on, on, you know, offline as well, um, outside of this recording. And I, I just get the impression that you're, in, you're just so um, passionate about helping people in business generally. Um, what is it that kind of drives you? What really drives me, and, and I know this is going to sound trite, but it's really adding value to the lives of other people. Um, you know, years ago, I, uh, I had an opportunity to spend some time with a gentleman and build a relationship with him. This was back in the 1970s, which gives you an idea how old I am. So I am the veteran that you're talking about. Uh, but he was making in 1975, 76, he was making about $100,000 a week. That was a lot of money. It's a lot of money today, but it was a huge amount of money back then. And I remember sitting with him and he was saying, you know, in, in our country, if you're willing to work hard and keep your nose to the grindstone and, and learn the basics and do the right things, everyone can reach a point of financial independence. And he said, that doesn't mean that you're going to have enough money to be able to go out and buy the entire world, but you'll never have to worry about money again. But he said, here's what I want you to think about. When you get to that point, where money is no longer a motivator, where money is no longer a necessity for you, what is it that gets you out of bed every day? And so my point is, is that as you live your life, you have to have a purpose that's bigger than money. And he said, if you really wanna make more money faster, find that purpose, get outside of yourself, serve others, add value to their lives. Don't worry about the money because if you're truly adding value, the money will be there. Yeah, I, I completely, you know, agree with that. I always say to people, you know, my bank balance is a is a an indication of kind of the impact which I've created with clients. You know, if I'm doing a good job of the coaching side of things, that that will take care of itself. One one of the biggest struggles I think um, we touched on this, you know, with the the advent of the internet and things like that, which 
Um, you know, it sounds like it's a new thing. It, it still is new, I think, in the grand scheme of things. You know, it's 30 years, um, I think, since the internet came about. But I think what's happened is as a result of all these different apps and how busy business can be, people have just lost sight of the fact that you still need, as a, as a leader, as a CEO of your own business, time to think. Um, and I was just sitting outside, you know, for an hour just before um, we came on, on, on online to do this recording today. You know, having had a had a just nice peaceful lunch, just sat out on my deck, just you know, enjoying the view and the sunshine. And I was thinking, God, it's so nice just not to have to worry about work for an hour. And it, and then all of these ideas just start flooding in. And I think mm-hmm. I get the impression you're the same as well. It's like things you do things at a really nice pace. Yeah, I do, and uh, and I do uh, as you. I covet my personal time. Um, you know, I, um, you know, I'm a deeply religious person. So, you know, I spend time reading the Bible, praying every day, but I also do a time of focused thinking every day where I take, you know, a blank piece of paper and I sit down and I write out one problem that I'm trying to solve. And I spend an hour trying to come up with as many ideas as I can for how I can address that. And, you know, and as a result of that, Many of the ideas that I write down are not any good, but what happens is I, I transplant that problem from my finite mind into my subconscious mind. And then as I go about my business day after day, all of a sudden good ideas will start to flood in and I can write them down and take action on them. But I think that we have to be intentional. I think we have to take that time to slow down and, and you know, smell the roses and, and really take the time to enjoy life because so many times, like you said, people get tied up in the busyness of life. And, and I think that's what destroys creativity and also what it destroys the enjoyment of life. And, and if we if we can't have joy in the journey, if we can't enjoy the process, then what's it worth? 100 percent. Absolutely. So how, how did you um, how did you start out in business? Where did it all begin? Uh, I came out of, a, of uh, 25 years in corporate America. Uh, started out as an engineer uh, and worked my way up through the engineering ranks. And then uh, about 12 years into working in industry, I moved over to the operations side of the business and was running companies for other people. And it just got to a point where, I mean, since I was in college, I wanted to have my own business. And I finally got to a point where I, I thought that I had enough experience and enough knowledge to be able to add value. And so 22 years ago, I stepped out on my own and I started out as a business consultant because that was the world that I came out of. But the further I got into things, the more I realized that many of the problems I was dealing with were not really technical or logistics types of problems. They were people problems where you had the wrong people on the bus or you had the right people on the bus, but they were in the wrong seats or people weren't getting the training that they needed to do the jobs that they were doing. Uh, and so I started moving toward the, the coaching end of things. And then uh, just within the past uh, seven or eight years, I've started writing and speaking with the, the goal of being able to reach larger and larger audiences. Amazing. Was, was there a point, I mean, you, you make it that journey sound A, very short and very easy, but there, was there a point when you kind of had to make some really sort of difficult decisions about, especially kind of step, stepping out on your own as well, when you've been institutionalized in sort of a, you know, corporate sort of environment to then step away from that, um, th- that can leave a lot of people feeling very insecure. So what, were you, what did you go through at that particular point in time? 
You know, interestingly enough, I didn't. Um, there was a time uh, when I uh, I went back to school uh, in uh, in 1989 to get my master's degree in business administration, and my culminating project for that was actually how to start a consulting business. So I had laid out the business plan. I knew pretty much what I had to do, and there was a six year span between then and when I actually uh, when I actually started off on my own. Uh, but I had processed things through. Uh, as as you can imagine, Robin, as an engineer, I tend to be a very concrete, sequential type of thinker. So I cover the bases. I, I, I ring out the details of everything so that when it's time to make the move, I feel comfortable in, in doing it. Uh, but I think in addition to that, um, I had a conversation with my wife uh, about doing it. And I said, are you comfortable with me, you know, with me making this move? And she said, absolutely, go do what you need to do. And so having her love and her support behind the things that I do has meant a lot to me. And it's made that transition or made that transition so much easier for me. So I really didn't struggle uh, going through it. It was just sort of a natural transition of saying, okay, it's time to do something different. Um, and and I've, I've not looked back and I've not regretted a moment of it well it's, it sounds to me like one one we're very fortunate that mrs smith has um <laughs> you know gave the go ahead with that it sounds like also as well you know there's a bit of coaching involved in that you know you needed that bit of support and that kind of that push that encouragement so it's great that you're able to get that from from your wife some people you know aren't able to have those sort of honest open conversations with their partner well, and I and I think that's a critical part of life is that, you know, is that it's very, very difficult when you're trying to accomplish something, trying to accomplish a dream in your life, and you don't have, you know, with your partner, you don't have that equity, you don't have, you know, you're not on the same page together. And quite frankly, if she had come back to me and said, hey, listen, I'm not really comfortable with this, I would have sat back and I would have done a lot of soul searching uh, before I made a decision to do anything because, um, number one, I value her counsel. She's one of the most intelligent women I've ever known, and I value her counsel on things. But the other thing is, is that when it comes to my marriage, my marriage comes before my business. And so if you know, I would not want to do anything that would ever jeopardize that relationship. And so, you know, so if she had said, no, 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 I, I don't feel comfortable with doing this, I probably honestly wouldn't have done it. I would have stayed where I was. And and there's there's another thing which is quite curious about your journey as well, um, which is um, you know you come from that sort of engineering manufacturing background, background, the which is very left brain oriented. And actually, I see a lot of coaches who are quite sort of right brain oriented, very creative, very good at articulating good questions, you know, to get the most out of people. Um, did you did you was it just kind of a natural progression or was it kind of like actually I need to, I need to go deeper with the people side of things so therefore I've got to upskill myself as a coach? You know, it's interesting because as I work my way up through the ranks in in the manufacturing industry, um, I, I think there were from the technical side, the left brain side of things, you know, also involved the right brain because I've always been an insanely curious person. That's why I became an engineer. I'm always looking at things and say, well, why? How did how does that work? Why does it work that way? And and so I it was a very natural thing for me to transition into asking the same questions of people and just you know, learning to probe to get deeper and deeper and deeper, sort of doing that engineering root cause analysis. Let's get down to the to the real basic issues here and find out what's really going on. But then once we get to that, 
it becomes really, really nice for me because I'm, you know, because I am that engineer, I tend to be a systems related thinker. So when it comes to, okay, we've got to the root cause of the problem. Now we know what we need to do. It becomes very easy to help them put the systems and processes in place that they need in order to be able to attack that problem and successfully solve it. So I think I sort of bring the best of both worlds. I'm very insightful in asking questions, but I'm also very systems oriented. Nice. I, th- I think it's a great mix. And I mentioned to you when we when we spoke a couple of weeks ago, you know, my background similar. I was a systems analyst for a few years and then uh, set up a marketing agency and then gradually sort of transgressed across into sort of coaching and, and focused much more heavy on the people side of things. So it's a very similar journey. For many people won't actually know. And I know this is like a very, um, probably a very simple, very boring question. I don't know, but I th- it's something which I get co- asked quite often is what is the difference? And you can answer this because you've been both, but what is the difference between a consultant and a coach? I I think a consultant is more of a problem solver. When people hire me as a consultant, they're saying, I have this specific come in and solve. And that's my job is to go in and do all this work and come back to them with, here's the root cause I find, here's the the things you need to do to fix it. The coaching side, uh, this is something that's interesting because I think a lot of people treat coaches like we're answer people. It's like, I come to you and I say, coach, I have this problem. And you say, here's the answer. And it's like, no, 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 no. That's not how it works. As a coach, (laughs) I'm not an answer man. I'm a guide. And that's why it becomes important, like we were just talking about, to ask a lot of questions, because what I'm going to do is I'm going to guide you through the process. I'm going to, I mean, we're going to peel that onion back. And rather than saying to you, Robin, this is what I'm seeing, this is what you need to do. I want our conversation to progress so that, you know, so that you will eventually come to me and say, you know what, I think this is the situation I'm dealing with. And I may be sitting there saying, yeah, I knew that two hours ago, but it's important for you to have uncovered that because now you've got skin in the game when it comes to solving that problem. Now we can jump over to the other side of the fence and say, okay, I agree. What are we going to do about it? What ideas do you have about how we can move forward with this? So a coach, I think is much more coming alongside and let's walk this journey together rather than I'm coming in to solve a problem, I've solved the problem, you know, here's my invoice, let me go on my way and solve the next problem. Yeah, it's, it's interesting, actually. I always find it's a bit like being slapped with a gauntlet when a client comes to you and says, oh, coach, I need help with this. And then you kind of have to ask, you know, s- several questions and then you find the real truth out. And I think that's one of the one of my favorite parts, the most challenging parts, I think, about being a coach as well. Because I, I actually think that coaches have to, you have to think much more deeply than a consultant. A, co- a consultant job is kind of very formulaic in a way. It's like a blueprint. Whereas as a coach, it's kind of like you kind of, kind of figuring the blueprint out as you go, but you're helping the clients do that, do that bit. Well, and the other key to it is, is that, you know, as a coach, my job is to work myself out of a job. I'm not into creating, you know, dependent relationships. Uh, you know, I want to be able to, as we work together, I want to be able to equip my clients with the tools that they need to live life successfully on their own so that we get to a point down the road where it's okay, you're, you're, you're doing fine. If you want to have, you know, a check-in once a quarter, you know, once a month, whatever it is, that's fine. But you're often running on your own. You have the ability now to build your own successful life. You don't need me. Yeah. Yeah, very powerful. We're coming towards the end of the interview, actually. So what are you working on at the moment, Gary? 
Uh, I'm actually working on a series of courses that I'm going to be offering that uh, uh, surround uh, two primary topics. One is purpose-driven achievement, as we've been talking about, and the other one is developing financial freedom. Uh, so those are going to be coming out over the next uh, couple of months. And then uh, hopefully later this year, the September-October timeframe, I'm looking into uh, starting a podcast uh, so that, uh, again, just with the idea that we can share more value uh, to a larger community. Absolutely. So how, how can people get hold of you, find out a bit more about the book and the courses? Uh, the best thing to do is just go to my website, which is GaryLSmith.com. Uh, the books and everything are there. There will be links there to, uh, to Amazon, uh, where all my books are. Um, also, for the Purpose Driven Achievement, if, if they prefer audiobooks, uh, Purpose Driven Achievement is also on Audible. And, uh, and they can find out everything they need at the, uh, at the website. And feel free to reach out to me, give me a call, send me an email. Uh, I'd love to interact with people. Awesome. We'll make sure that we share links to um, the website, GaryLSmith.com uh, in the show notes. And also we'll link through to the book and the course as well. Um, we've got one final question, Gary, before we wrap up. So we're going to jump into the Fearless Business Time Machine. Uh, it's a little bit better than the DeLorean on Back to the Future. I don't know if you remember <laughs> that. Um, this, this one actually works and it does make a big difference. There's less Iranians as well with guns and things, so it's much safer. Uh, but you get to punch in the date into the, uh, the dashboard. Um, so we're going to go back in time. And you're going to go and have a word with Gary Smith minus X number of years. So what year is it? And what would you say to him? Um, the year is 1992. I've just finished, uh, finished my MBA program. And as I said, my culminating project was developing a business plan to, uh, to start my own business. And I think the conversation I would uh, have had with myself is why did you wait so long? Um, because I, 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 as an engineer, we want to wait until things are absolutely perfect before we, we take that next step. Uh, and as a result, we wind up waiting a lot longer than we should when sometimes what we really need to do is just take the plunge and say, you know what, I've got enough information. It's not perfect. Maybe I'm only 70 or 80 percent of the way there, but it's time to jump into the river and learn how to swim. Yeah, it's um, I, I was in a similar sort of space. And I, I think that, um, you know, it took me 12 years to realize in my, my agency that I should have, you know, I, I actually was sort of better off on my own rather than having a slightly dysfunctional team that I didn't really know how to properly run and things like that. And then actually with hindsight, you know, I, I wouldn't have got to where I got to without having gone through that 12 year journey in the agency and you know, giving birth to my first book and all of the, the family stuff and projects that I had to work through in the first place. It kind of it turns you into the person that you are and it means that you're able to make the impact now because you had to go through those experiences to get there. So uh, you, you could have sped it up, Gary, but I actually think that it, it's it's all happened at the right time in the right place and in the right manner. So I think you're fine in that respect. Well, thank you. I mean, it's I, I guess the big question that, that sort of pops into my mind, Robin, and I'm sure you've struggled with this too, is that if I had started earlier, how many more lives could I have touched? Yeah. Well, it's, it's a bit, I always say, you know, I, I was building websites for people back in 2003, 2004, you know, and, and uh, that's when Mark Zuckerberg was busy building his face, you know, building the first versions of Facebook at Harvard. And I, I don't think I ever was clever enough to build Facebook, but, you know, who's to think that if I hadn't spent so long building stuff for other people and spent a bit more time on building stuff for myself, but it's all what ifs, you know, I'm, I'm quite happy with my lot. And I think you have to be, don't you? 
Exactly, exactly. And I'm, I'm extremely happy with where I am. Uh, I'm enjoying life, uh, you know, not only in the business world, I, you know, I wake up every morning excited to do the stuff that I get to do every day, I feel blessed. Uh, but in addition to that, I've, I've achieved that balance. So, you know, I have a wonderful marriage, I have three beautiful daughters, I have four beautiful granddaughters, and we get to spend time with them. And so, you know, at this phase of life, things are good. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm pleased to hear it. Awesome. Gary, it has been such a pleasure speaking to you. Uh, hopefully everybody will reach out via your website and I'll go and grab hold of a copy of your book as well. It's a fantastic book. Um, recommend it thoroughly to anybody um, who, who would like to learn more about what Gary does. Gary, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you ever so much. Oh, thank you, Robin. It's been an honor being with you. 